Remember when like food companies tried to do promotional software in video games? Like, like Captain Crunch. I thought, about about I thought you were about to talk about how food companies did classic versions of all their food. <laughs> That's true. It's Pepsi Classic, but it's not. We lied. Because <laughs> all the food. Well, the pro- bottle's classic. All of food is lies. Oh wow! Don't break the bank on making old school bottles that you probably got from a <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> Someone was probably like in a warehouse, like, "Hey, boss, what are we do with all these fucking bottles from the '40s? I don't know. Put Pepsi in it." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm just gonna say we're podcasting because we're always gonna flow into conversations, and I'll never have a clean start anyway. <laughs> and so, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Coopcast number six. I guess we're gonna be well, talking about Zootopia and video games and Dark Souls two, three, probably. Dark Souls three, three, most likely. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. None of us even know what number this is anymore. We've all we've Coopcast all missed six. episodes. We don't have access to the last files of next yet of the previous one because <laughs> someone's not sending me them. <laughs> uh, we all know who you're talking about. Oh yeah, Knuckles. Yeah. Whoa, man! Yeah, I wasn't there that, last time. Fuck. The that wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. I can't send files that don't exist, bruh. <laughs> Why not? Oh. I don't know because I, 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 I just like Keith. I don't have pretty, time. All right, I don't have time to quick. learn how to make no Andrew, files. Andrew. Yes. Yes. What we need you to do yes. is record about an hour and a half of you responding to us <laughs> what you think we're saying. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, like, he has to listen to the recordings, find all of the gaps that he can possibly sneak, like, a short little response in, and, like, no. <laughs> do no, no, it. He should totally just sit down for an hour and a half in front of his webcam and just sort of make faces like yes. he's thinking to stuff and kind of pretend <laughs> to laugh every now and then. <laughs> I'm just picturing him being like, we say something like, uh, oh yeah, I remember when he found that secret in Hyperlight Drifter, that thing was pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, oh uh, yeah, I, I found it, it would, too. It would it's be cool. the first 20 minutes of every podcast simulator. Like, he would just yeah. have to pretend to be at the beginning of a podcast listening mm-hmm. while he loudly types. It's funny watching, like, the different chats and, like, Birds is going crazy, but everyone else is just Oh yeah, Bird has dead. the smallest Twitch channel of all of us, and he has the most active chat every time we podcast. This is true. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> hey, the podcast does really good on my channel too on YouTube. So, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you guys, you guys can't see it on my screen, but every time I say something, it multiplies like twenty I, I times. Can see so it. I just I, okay. You see the twice. That was me trying like double testing it. On mine, uh, it's just Dark Souls three after this, but it's the whole <laughs> thing, and then just, uh, so just breaking, Phantom saying it's breaking for you. Yeah. So I, uh, I, Coop, I, I thought you said it was a modder chat. No, you had to say something before he could mod oh, you. Oh, okay. And yeah, then you, you never said anything. And never said anything. Said, That's okay, a so, uh, reasonable before point. We start, before we sort of started podcasting or whatever, Andrew mm-hmm. was kind of talking about uh, Outlast and Soma. I was wondering if we, if we should just keep going on that for a while. I mean, sure, I everyone hated Outlast, Outlast and I never Soma. played Soma. <laughs> I, so, yeah, like, I was done. So what, what led okay, to the origin of my channel... Or in the, in the first place, basically, is that I used to do sad games with Andrew and sometimes Joe, and we tried doing uh, Outlast, and he Andrew was furious with it in about three minutes, like yes. world record for the channel, basically. So uh, I, I had the thought of like, like this isn't a fair shake for this, so I decided to play it completely on my own for my own channel, and that led to me having my own channel in the first place. <laughs> Because like, yep. we were playing, I, I had the realization of like this is a shitty way to experience a horror game. Like, I think some, I think there was a light on in the kitchen, which is a one room, one built, one room apartment. So that was like in the room, but off the side. 
and we had three people talking, and the he turned the brightness up like crazy, and he and he had the dude. Volume that sounds tur- scary as fuck. And he had the volume turned down on the television. <laughs> well, like, I, I don't want scary? it. To, I, don't, I don't want it to like echo. So right, it's, it, we, were, it's, we didn't we didn't have a, we never had any sophisticated headset thing yeah. uh-huh. set up for hearing stuff. So we were like still doing the thing where we tried to turn down televisions to make it not echo on microphones. I mean, in the Damn, end, it, it doesn't even it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Outlast was garbage. Like, it's, it was it. horrible, man. Like, I'm sick it's... of games that are trying to be amnesia. You know, I'm sick of horror games where you run and you don't fight. It was yeah, fun I... once. Every other time, it's just been a stupid gimmick. It's because it because you can't recapture the beauty of amnesia. Right? Again. Because they've they've totally like because they literally that tried to with another, another amnesia. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that amnesia was horrible. But that's the thing, like, because it happened, now everyone has to live up to that thing. And, like, it's never going to live up to that thing, so, and you know. Never, I, don't, I think that that fate is, or that fat is done, though. I haven't yeah. seen another it's, thing. Well, th- Probably it's because fu- after Outlast, everyone was like, well, this is as close as we're going to get again. Let's just cut our, cut our losses yeah. and wait for the next big thing, I guess. If, I you, just, if you play just... Soma, you even get the feeling that like the the horror segments where a monster happens are almost like an afterthought that get that they're just throwing in there because it's expected. But then they get back to all their like interesting sci-fi. Yeah, that's what I that's why I hated about Soma was that like I was like, oh yeah, there's a threat here, and I kept forgetting by the time the threat would come back. Like, like the next time a threat come back, I was like, oh yeah, there's monsters or something, whatever. And in, in Soma, I found myself getting happy with the fact that uh. Towards the end, like they're just they made each uh, horror encounter briefer and briefer just to get them out of the way. Because like, oh yeah, we're supposed to throw in a new monster here. Here's a monster. All right, bye. <laughs> like you escape it once and then it's gone. It's yeah, kind of great. Because the, scar- the scariest thing awful. in the entire game is getting to the ocean floor and being like, oh fuck. Because mm. like for a while, the game might as well take in sp- take place in space for how much the ocean part seems to play in. So you're kind of like, oh, that's fine. Like we're just there's like. There's like ocean transitions from time to time, but for the most part, it's just like you're in a weird sci-fi looking building and scary stuff happens. But the moment it actually does actual ocean floor stuff, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot the ocean's scary. Yeah, now now like all of a sudden becomes abyss and you're like, fuck, what just happened? <laughs> you're suddenly I, thinking about played, how vulnerable you are. We played a uh, game for Catterday where it was like a sharks versus divers simulator and that was surprisingly not scary like oh, it was um, it was interesting depth, depth. Yeah. depth yeah yeah it was it was keith. fun i had a really fun time with it but it was yeah. not scary at all keith get over your goddamn fear of sharks so you can play depth no with us. i don't want to dude is how this because you... that game is literally multiplayer jump scares you can get me to be like get over your fear of sharks is something you say like when there's other <laughs> stuff when there's other stuff in the game <laughs> I play video games with spiders, and I'm yeah, okay with it. Like I said, okay. when there's other stuff in the games, you, you can't. Okay, that's you a good point. There's spi- not like a you never play a spider web game. simulator. <laughs> how are you I reasonably? See you the game. How are you reasonably afraid of sharks? Like quantify that for me. Because they're death missiles with teeth. That's a reasonable point there. And they also, as a creature, they, they exclusively exist in a setting where you're at a disadvantage, and they're basically god. <laughs> A setting that you find yourself in zero, like zero times out of the year, for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> which, is why, which is why it's a fear that doesn't come up. Like whenever I'm in the water, the first thing that comes to my mind is not "oh fuck sharks." My first thing is like, "Man, yes, is. I'm really tired from swimming." Like yeah. that's the first thought. Uh, that my comes my to first mind. thought, like when I wake up in the morning, is isn't like 
I'm glad I'm not on a crash course for the surface of the sun or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like, never I, been in that situation. I think it's this, not like this... I'm afraid of sharks when I go in a pool. I, I don't know, man. I don't know your ocean. life. Because I've been in deep ocean before, and I'm like, I don't want to be here because like, my body is mostly <laughs> submerged in a fl- liquid that I can't see through, and for hundreds of miles in Water's every direction... Water's clear as shit, and you can drink it. That's so scary. Well, you can't see through water when you're on it, like when you're, flo- like when you're floating, <laughs> which is where you have to be to live, because you can't just stay underwater forever. I, like, my, the only <laughs> thing that's... for mermaids. The only thing that's scary about water is it has the potential to ruin my pack of cigarettes. And, like, everything there like, can move as fast as a car and is covered in teeth. So, unlike most podcasts that start... Or that start on topic and end in total derailment. This one... We'll just start some off getting off the and never get there because you can't put a train back on rails. Look, Fair enough. I'll, I'll, right, to, to, so, to, to end the short we, conversation, just punch them. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. You, you, have, you have to aim you, for the yeah. part that has all of the teeth and Don't throw even, a part yeah. of your body into it. Yeah, just it's, like, it's no here, big deal. It's just the thing's mostly angles and slippery. <laughs> and you just got to punch in just the right angle to not deflect yeah, directly into but, the horrifying <laughs> death hole. But here's the beauty. Here's the beauty that no sharks have. Here's the disadvantage. You can do, throw do you your whole body. You garbage disposals when they're on <laughs> to, to, throw to, your to scare them off. Here, like, because sharks... Sharks have no, like, no way to, uh, like, hurt you other than, you know, biting you. Which so, they're which, very good at. Yeah. yeah. So what you and do when they're, is you, when they're approaching you, that's their entire profile. So that? what you do is you just try to go around to their butt and just no. hang out there for a while. What you do is you fine. curve you curve yourself sideways, let them grab your leg, and you just go ham on their face. Because they can't do anything while let they're them grabbing grab your leg. Your leg. Yeah. You have terrible just, ideas. Wow. So just get These bit by the ideas. shark, but only Dude, in a part that you don't who care cares? about. Sacrifice Why should your leg? I you ever can... be afraid of something where the optimal <laughs> strategy for fighting it is to sacrifice a limb? Because you can get it's a new rational. one. And it, you could get a new one that's better, made of metal. Like, oh, who needs have, shitty this flesh legs? conversations. <laughs> yeah, they, like, let's, let's, let's reel this one in. Not to use a horrible, <laughs> stupid fish pun. But there we are. This is I'm going to get baited. This is great Oreos. <laughs> So, All right, so let's talk about video games. We want to talk about Dark Souls Three. People want to. The the oh, audiences shit. are clamoring to hear our opinions uh, about hold, Dark let's Souls Three. Let's hold on Dark Souls for a bit. Okay, God damn yeah. it! I'm trying to rerail this podcast. No, hey. we can talk about Zootopia. Okay, leave the, oh. Zootopia leave the first. Fine. Leave, leave the That's scary. Also on the rails because the moment we start talking about Dark Souls, uh, like half the people leave. <laughs> so That's go, only I've noticed it. that. It's okay, the, so it's got we the all scary spoils. We all saw Zootopia. Yes. True, good point. We've all seen Zootopia at varying okay. times. Yep. I saw it about right. a month ago now? Uh, yeah, it's about, it came out about a month ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It came I out said, last month. I, I saw it four hours ago. <laughs> I saw well, it last then. week. That's, that's one way to watch your homework, is right before the podcast. <laughs> well, no, a week after the podcast, though, he was originally scheduled to see it on. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Week. <laughs> oh, We're good wow. at movie club, is what we're getting yeah. into here. Yeah. It's okay. This will all work out. <laughs> so, so nice. um, yeah, I'll so, talk uh, about it. Yeah. First off, uh, just as an overall one sentence thing, you know, great movie. Um, I think that what I admire most about the movie was um, the timing of its release was incredibly appropriate to like how everyone's feeling like what the political climate is and that's why we wanted to watch and that's how you sold it to us and i was like yeah i walked away from it being like that was really really well timed go watch this because it's a surprise adult movie (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somebody I actually clearly felt is bad saying... for a lot of the kids watching it because mm-hmm. they didn't. They probably only got like the jokes, and the. But like, what a, a good like... message! I mean, oh yeah, very damn. Good. It's like watching something like Animaniacs or SpongeBob ten years later and being like, "Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait!" <laughs> like the, like the episode of SpongeBob where Patrick and SpongeBob are raising a clam and they become like a couple and everything, and this is like, I just thought it was weird when I was a kid, but I see it later. I'm like, what the. F- Fuck SpongeBob! <laughs> like this. Gets, I didn't see this one. It gets it gets weirdly adult with like the stuff it starts <laughs> throwing around. Like it's literally an episode about suburban malaise in the middle of a kids show. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I actually do know that one then. Oh yeah, but at any rate, that's a different, completely different thing. Yeah, talking about specializing derailing. True. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I I liked Zootopia, but there are also a lot of things that I hated about Zootopia. Hmm. Uh, Go on. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, the first thing that I hated about Zootopia was I knew who the villain was immediately. Um, I was not pleased about that. I actually didn't call it. Really? I I didn't call it until I figured out that people were, like, they were doping the Predators, and I'm like, oh, it's... That's when it made sense, but I thought it... I definitely thought it was going to be the lion. By the way, expect spoilers for Zootopia. (laughs) Yes. 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 If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to know what happens, we're sorry. Please pause the podcast. But the most interesting things about it are what happened in it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I... The the reason I caught on was because uh, I caught on once the... um, Once they talked about the otter biting the panther, and then the panther became it, and then I realized, like, wait, it's only affecting predators. Like, that's a really weird thing to happen. And I'm like, not gonna it, lie, I didn't realize that pred- that otters were predators. That, most that people don't. Yeah. Threw me it's, off for a while. It's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a big. They're vegetarians. It it, it's a big deception. I only I know that because otters are assholes. I didn't necessarily like, think that they were veg- vegetarians. Even I just didn't register at all that they were predators at first. Yeah, they eat like the world's like, like clams. They yeah, eat they clams, just eat which fish, barely register but, as like a living thing to begin with because they're made of rocks. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so then once I realized they were attacking predators only, I was like, wait, that's really suspicious. Why would they only attack predators? Or why would only predators become affected by this and not, like, you know, not not predators, herbivores, whatever the fuck they're called? Um, what threw me right. off at first is I thought it was some kind of virus that was spreading, like, from, like, my bites at first, and not, like, some, mm. some sort I of crazy... I thought it was a dumb zombie like, thing. I was yeah. not ready for Breaking Bad, like, Mike Assassin to just show up. To be fair, that I, was amazing. <laughs> what, the whole that Breaking was, Bad joke? The whole Breaking Bad thing was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was so they, well done. The The references were very, very quality. Like, Disney always does good references, though. Yeah. But I, this honestly, one really blew it out of the park. It was awesome. My, my my favorite was the uh, the Frozen throwback with the Duke we- Weselton, Weaseltown. yeah. Yeah. yeah, thing that was <laughs> that was really good. Did they have like a whole bunch of like um, Pixar movie references at one point, uh, and like jokes about them? Um, I don't, yeah, yeah. There was the like mo- Frozen. There was um. Well, that's Disney, both, not was, Pixar. Uh, but... Yeah, it was like Disney Pixar, like all of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kinda. They're just mocking like, all they worked on these movies for so many years that like you know that they it's were true. working on the script of this thing already when they made Weselton in uh, Frozen. Well, yeah, because I mean yes. they're on a damn treadmill. They have to pump out a movie every two years. Oh, yeah. It's the Assassin's yeah. Creed situation of like they're except yeah. with, except they're inspired, but but the thing where like they have so many parallel projects that it's hard to even conceptualize what it's like from the outside. Right. Right. Yeah. The 
Um, I would say I, I would say kind of the another problem with it is it's it is somewhat kind of hard to quantify how the world is built. Um, because oh yeah, the they crazy don't re- fantasy land. Yeah, like they yeah, don't really do. Point. They There's don't no do a very good outshot. Yeah, yeah, like like when they're when it goes like from you know oh regular city to like hamster city, and I'm like, wait, where the fuck is this hamster city? Like, are is there literally <laughs> just like a, a huge section of the city blocked yeah. off just for hamsters, or it, you know uh, like I don't. Like, I'll definitely what? give you that. That, that being said, that, that appears I'm... to be how it works though, because like yeah. when you when you see the city from an uh, from up high. You just see it mm-hmm. divided into entire quadrants based on different ecological locations with yeah. ridiculously expensive-looking machinery somehow qua- making them have those different climates. And so, like, I really it, like the, that, The implication though. is that each region is also split up into other subsections mm-hmm. that are, like, that climate, but for different types of creatures to live in. But I it's, think one of my favorite totally moments... Infeasible. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the movie was when um, Judy was on the train and uh, she's going into the jungle quadrant. And there's this really beautiful, like, surrealist moment where you have um, these, like, sprinklers on the edges of the uh, tree branches. And, yeah. like, I really, like, that stuck out as, like, a particularly, like, artsy thing to me, but it worked yeah. really well. And it's just, like, it's it, it it's so surreal, but it just worked within the context of the fact that it's a children's movie and it's a cartoon thing. There, there, I really like that moment. Like a good uh, one. One interesting thing is that, uh, or I guess not a bad thing, but one thing that really did take me out of the immersion real quick was when she go when she initially goes on the train. She, there's like separate doors for each species, and I thought that was really interesting, you know, based on height and stuff. But then when she leaves the train, she uses the main entrance. And I was really upset by that. That like they didn't, they didn't leave. She didn't leave through the smaller door. She left with the big door where all the big animals were. And I was like, isn't that just fucking impeding the big animals? Like, why are you being rude? This is a fucking rude <laughs> well, thing to do. I mean, she went up into the top part. That's, though. that's part of her character, though. Is that is I, yeah. thinking that she doesn't have to? Deal you can almost say it's symbolic. Sizes. Well, yeah, it's I, symbolic of her joining the police academy. Yeah, in the but first then, place. but then, why would she yeah. get onto the train using the small door and not because the big door? Then she's leaving her. Wait, she got R- she small got on with life, the big door. And she's leaving. Yeah, no, she did. Big she, life. She got on and off with the big door. No, when yeah. she got no, it on, a, she, it was a medium no, door. It she went through a door. medium door when she went on oh. the train. Yeah, I mean, she, it was definitely way bigger than her. Yeah, a little well, bit. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like the big animal door. But the idea with the tiny doors was that it was just spaces for really tiny animals to live in, because like, because like they could actually go into a tiny little cabin that was not a huge place with huge seats and everything okay. like that. I was th- I was thinking about this during the movie and it annoyed me. The hamsters have like elephants walking over them. That must sound just completely thunderous. <laughs> just like it's got to sound like the apocalypse cause, to the hamsters. Because like their little entrance was obviously like the lowest, and like all the other compartments have to go over them. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. not gonna fit unless you have them like in tubes in the walls, which really isn't that much better. So like, you just have the elephant, dude. I, you can you soundproof against an elephant? <laughs> like hamster-sized soundproof cushions? Like I don't know, man. They built a Zootopia. Oh, there's another thing. Actually, I, like I thought it was it, really I like the fact that it doesn't work. Yeah, I like, was gonna say. I think there's something incredibly ironic about calling something utopia and then also necessitating a police division or even or even just the idea that like there's all these little elements that like they they're they're like a bunch of stop gaps and a bunch of like quick immediate yeah. ways of solving little problems but of course they don't quite work and right. so like, it, it's symbolic of actually how like generally government actually kind of tends to work where they create a bunch right. of policies overseeing a bunch of things but they're all but there's always a degree of separation between 
who where, what grace policies yeah. and where they actually get implemented and people interpreting right. implementation and stuff like that. So like it leads to situations where like yeah you have someone putting a giant ticket on a on a car that's smaller than the ticket and it gets swept away by the ticket and then dumb things like that because like yeah it's like inherent chaos and diversity and life just functioning just ruins any sort of overreaching systems but then everything works anyway like stuff doesn't because just people collectively so, try to make it work yeah so like real life works that way it's like we yeah we function in a society that inherently doesn't make sense, but we just mm-hmm. sort of plaster over the gaps because that's how things move forward. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the game... So, like, the... the in, it, in a weird way, like, the movie is realistically unrealistic because life... Mm-hmm. Like it's fun to look at it's it's fun to look at how societies work in in movies and be like that doesn't quite make sense and that's dumb why would they do that but then like our entire like you watch like last week tonight on any given week and you're like why does our life work that way and like you like I'm seeing plot holes in real life wait a minute <laughs> that's not how that works <laughs> yeah there I I I will say the only other thing that kind of upset me was uh I was really upset by the ending that the uh the whole like bait and switch thing I was really upset about that. But what's the bait and switch um, thing? The the bait and switch where it's like a they, you think yeah that you think that she shot him with drugs, but he actually like switched yeah, it with blueberries. That I was, was really upset. very over the top. It was so fucking overt. Like they, yeah. they basically were just like, oh my god, all these blueberries. What will I do with them? They happen <laughs> to be the same color as the medicine. Like, <laughs> I was like, fuck you, come on, Disney. I go like, you you're pulling this whole fucking like racism thing and this whole mm-hmm. diversity thing and. And in the very end, you cop out and you're like, oh, God, I wonder what could happen next. I hope he doesn't get hit by the drugs. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like, actually like on, an age old thing with all of all uh, Disney films, really. And even a lot of the Pixar films is the first third and the second third. Like those chunks of the movies are both great in their own rights. But every single time there's always a villain that has to be taken down at the end. And it's always kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I can see that. I'm like actually the, like trying to think of the last facil- time. Yeah, the villain usually does facilitate their own demise. I'm trying to remember the last Disney movie where the villain actually took themselves or like uh, was taken out in an interesting way. And I'm going with like Mulan because Frozen, there was no real villain. And as soon as they figured out who was the bad guy, they more or less owned him. <laughs> I guess both of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Tangled, it was just some shitty old woman and two, like, thugs, which, let's be honest here, <laughs> shitty old not woman. exactly... Don't leave yeah. my house! Oh, you <laughs> I would say like... the most, in- probably the most interesting villain in a Disney movie is Toy Story 2. What? Really? Uh, what? I don't Are know, you... man. Uh... Who was the villain in Toy Story it 2? Was the Prospector. Yeah. Oh, the prospector toy who wanted to be like, yeah, okay. Wanted yeah. To be basically basically stuff, enslaving yeah. people for your own gains so that you can mm. maintain yeah. some sense of importance for yourself and your own little world order so you well, step on everyone about, around you. Uh, what about Cruella de Vil? I don't even remember... I don't even remember what she was doing in that movie, but I just remember she wanted like all the Dalmatians so she could make a bitchin' coat. Yeah, yeah. that was... That also, was I just made a glorious pun and I totally didn't intend to. I'm sure there's That's some like, Disney villain that just dies in a really satisfying way because they're just big and beastly and cause all the problems, and then someone just straight up kills them, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, I would say Beauty and the Beast. How, how does Quasimodo end? Yeah. Ga- uh, but oh, Gaston isn't really the, a villain. He's just a dumbass. He's a fucking villain. 
He's How a is fucking, he a villain? He wa- All he does is te- he just he, wants to like hunt shit so he can get laid. No, How he is wants that a bad thing. He doesn't even want to hunt. He wants to fuck bitches and that's it. He only hunts because that's how he gets the bitches. If he didn't that's have to I'm hunt, saying. he wouldn't how do it. How are we it. disagreeing right now? Because what because what I'm saying is he's a villain because he specifically he went out of his way to fucking to, to kill somebody just because he couldn't fuck this one girl. Like okay, that is the yeah. most villain thing Remember, ever. <laughs> like Gaston Gaston was the reason why Bell's father disappeared. To begin oh, with. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. I forgot. He was a prick. Gaston's a villain. Oh, wait. a villain. Uh, now I remember Scar gets eaten alive by hyenas. Yeah. Yeah, that was but that was... Yeah. Eh, that well, was kind of just... But that was, like, totally Simba facilitating it. Because, like, he tricked him into, like, outing himself. And then kicked his ass. Yeah. Like, like Scar probably would not have gotten eaten by hyenas if he hadn't just gotten, you know, mauled and then kicked off a cliff. Just yeah, so. he got fun kinda... though because he was a. Uh, on one level, he he, uh, he created a fucked up world of his own design and then got consumed by it. But also, he died by a horde of animals the same way his brother did. Yes, facilitated by I... family again. Yeah, I guess the thing that always bothers me with Lion King is just like the the naming of the characters. <laughs> like it just I don't know it just really okay. upsets me. It just really <laughs> upsets me that so, like so, that parents were like. Okay, you're you're, yeah, you're gonna be like you're good Mufasa, guy. You're Mufasa. You're Scar. Be Scar. It's like, like who would do there that? There is something to be said for um, names being a little bit too poetic. Like it's really annoying to read like fantasy novels where it's like, like you know, asterisk scholar for like the <laughs> for like the uh, like a wizard like smart person and yeah. like nefarious Kilgore for like. A and villain. it's like, like really, you you gave birth to something where like you're nefarious Kilgore. It's like <laughs> okay, you're, no, so apparently Scar's had, name is Taka. Somebody named uh, yeah. dude Darth Maul yeah, in Star and you, Wars. And, and, and do you know what Taka means? What Scar? Scar. Second, <laughs> it mean no, it means second best. Does it mean second, second best? best? Oh my yeah. god. Oh, that's it it means that up. his parents his parents <laughs> named him like, oh, you're not Whoa. as good as Mufasa. So it says it means <laughs> garbage in Swahili. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. Like, like, this is Wow. Mufasa and Scar's parents were abusive fucks. <laughs> wow. And yeah. like and then you're then you're sitting there wondering and lying like, wow, why would Scar do that? What a horrible thing. His parents fucking screwed him. He just like <laughs> wow. he had a shit name. <laughs> this is right up wow. there with a... Uh, this is right up there with that that part of a uh, uh, Freakonomics documentary where they someone named their kids winner and loser, <laughs> yeah. and winner went winner has has been in jail like several times and loser ha- is like a CEO of a company but he goes by the name Lou. Yeah, this is a real uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a real thing. Watch you should. Uh, I recommend the documentary uh, uh, Freakonomics. I've read it's, the book. I know that the Freakonomics yeah. stuff. It's all it's all like a very it's all like, glo- it's all glossy and pop like yeah. quick versions of everything, it's, but it's still like a really mm-hmm. fun watch because it's a it's I've, a third like I've a heard that, movie. Like, in terms of like the methodology behind a lot of things, it was definitely like they built to their conclusions and kind of cut a yeah. couple of corners to make it happen. But it's hey. still very fun in some sense. Yeah, a weird a weird question for all of you guys. What's Why that? are we whispering? Did any of you guys watch that new Pee Wee movie? No, no. Oh. What? Okay, I guess they it was made, just me. They right. made a new one? 
Yeah, they made a new one. It was fantastic. <laughs> Isn't he on Netflix or something now? Like, yes, it's, on, it's a Netflix movie. Netflix funded a new Pee Wee Herman movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Pee Wee very much. I, get, I don't I get, either. I get he has like a he has like a. <laughs> What? What? Wait, why? Wow. Why did you watch it? Was it Joe's fault or something? No, I, I, like Kyle. Kyle showed up and he was like, he's like, yo, man, I just watched this last night. I want you to watch it with me. I was like, okay. Oh, and so no. we like we sat down and watched this Pee Wee's fucking adventure thing. Oh no! And and I was like, I was so mad during the whole thing. I was like, when are they gonna say what the fucking word of the day is? And they just <laughs> didn't do that. And I was so like, the there's whole no time, word of the day. No, there's not even Pee Wee's Playhouse. Funny. It if was just were... Pee Wee. It was like Pee Wee living in a fucking local suburban neighborhood. It was Pee Wee's like... gritty reboot. <laughs> yeah, he just and he's like the, he's the just movie going. Movie ends. It's like the word Wait. of the day was revenge. He's like, the... Here's the thing. Just... It makes it makes Pee Wee's Playhouse look like a fucking acid trip. Cause like his real life is like nothing. Yeah, fucking nothing acid has to trip. make that happen. But, no, yeah. but that's the thing. Is like in in the movie, like he has a normal. Well, he doesn't have a normal house, but he has like a. He just has a more stair like normal house. He works at a kitchen with in some fucking magic fucking furniture no, with no magic furniture. Oh, just a regular oh, fucking this house. Oh, this is in the reboot oh, thing. Oh yeah, you're about? you mean it makes it look like, like it was actually f- a real acid trip for him? Oh, like he just like woke yeah. up. One day I was like, "What was I doing?" Like, oh no! Did I? Like he's got like hand puppets on. He's like, "What the? What was I doing?" I gotta get to work. In my house anymore. (laughs) Like it it was so. He has an ankle bracelet on and like several other things. It's just like. So here's a real question because I genuinely don't know: Was Pee Wee's Playhouse ever meant for kids? Ever? Yes. Because I know it was really popular for stoners. Like no, adults, it was like, but I don't no, know if it was okay, ever it's actually not the, a kid's show or if it was like there's a, a different kid show. Pee Wee's Playhouse was made for kids. Uh, what's it called? Banana Splits was made for stoners. Like Banana Splits was a hundred percent made for the highest well, community they had furries, out there, dude. I have no, no idea what it's this a is. bunch of fucking also high people in suits running around doing jackass stunts. Like, oh, I kind of want to watch this now. Oh, I've never heard of this. So you, are you serious? You've never seen Banana no. Splits? No, I've oh never talked about All I remember is those dudes in fursuits, right? I never got yes, right. They're in, I don't think well, they're in, they're in like sil- they're in fursuits, but not like furry suits. They're just in like really shitty mascot suits that and they must just have doing like jackass stuff. Yeah. Like they go to the mall and like push each other over like benches and shit or something. Like no, like look at this. Like just watch the they're just doing like slapstick zany shit. In like costumes and like I mean there was like a time where they're driving in go karts and like falling and over and shit. You, oh okay, there it goes. It's All like right. let's pull up display capture. It here. is the most ridiculous <laughs> fucking shit. Like and, I'm and those theme song content that's probably really the illegal. theme song Whatever. is great. Like, if it's small, then it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the theme song dude, is amazing, dude. There's. <sighs> I didn't Just realize like, there was like animated segments here. I'm currently watching what I think is like shitty Aladdin. But of course this predates Aladdin by like twenty it, years. It, it does weirdly resemble like the Nintendo Power Hour. <laughs> it, it, that's But then there's like puppets what the that go hell on and is shit. This? Dude, it's a bunch of dumbass animals in fursuits like driving cars. What Yeah. <laughs> what is this? This is amazing. I, I watched an armless elephant like whip animals over and over again. I'm sorry. Why is what? the lion wearing sunglasses? I don't know. I don't think I can take it anymore. Okay. Anyway, back to Utopia. I can't so, do it anymore. <laughs> I'm already it's done amazing. with it. Speaking of the lion it. wearing sunglasses, 
I'm reminded of something very, very funny. Um, that uh, Zootopia was like banned in or censored in China, wasn't it? Probably it was. Yeah, they, like they, they, they said it was American thought put yeah. into it. They said it was American propaganda because uh, literally, like one of the reasons is that it was because the predators were being hunted by the prey, and that's like unnatural. So then they decided to ban the movie. <laughs> To so be fair, China censors like anything and everything now. Oh yeah, so. of course. I'm just saying that's the that was the reason one of the reasons they supplied. People specialize in so... banning people specialize in banning things they don't understand. Oops. It's like that's like, stream. It's like how the uh was it like a, a, one of the most sense one of the most uh banned books in schools right now is looking for Alaska. What? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, no, no. I'm sorry. I wasn't talking about that. I'm reading the quote. Oh, you're from, just like, randomly. The, <laughs> no, oh, yeah, you're so reading the, the, the Chinese. I, yeah, I'm reading the, the quote. If what one is it? thing, sorry, I if one I had an thing, interesting topic or something. <laughs> he, here's the quote: Why you should? Why they banned the fucking movie? If one thinks carefully about it, if a rabbit can strike back, are there any American dreams ordinary people cannot realize? What? What the hell does that mean? Wait. Fuck you, China. So they're saying we need to ban this movie so we can crush all dreams? Yeah. That's the most Chinese thing I've ever heard. A rabbit could be whatever it wants to be. Like, that's a problem. Wow. 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 In in cruel reality, it is always wolves that eat lambs, not lambs that eat wolves. Like. (laughs) Fuck you, China. Don't be giving me a fucking lesson in fucking, you know, zoology. Fuck you. It's a movie for kids, you fucking asshole. Like, And the entire point is to have the... Uh, yeah. The, the, entire the entire point is that it, it reflects real life in two different ways, which is which is, this is actually the topic we were supposed to... That's the most interesting thing about the movie, and we never got to it yet, which yeah. is the uh, that there's a minority group that's seen as being dangerous was the whole point. Yeah, and that's that, and they perform. And then they the, act out because, like, according to the stereotype, because they're just like, "Well, if you're gonna see me as this, no matter what I do, then fuck you." Yeah, and if Which you took animals like and actually human made a, thing, if you somehow turn them into a society like that, it actually would function similarly. Just because in real life predators mm-hmm. are the minority, because that's the only way that they can have enough prey to survive in the first place. Right. They have to eat all the time, which means there has to be living things to eat all the time. So yeah. prey is always There's massively also... outnumbered predators. So in a society level, it leads to that kind of disproportion of power where mm-hmm. the, the the prey would actually be the big majority that has all the power. The, I think that the movie handled the concept of microaggression extremely, extremely well. Like when Judy said to, um, God, what was the fox's name? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> when Judy said to the fox, uh, like, oh, wow, you're so articulate for a fox. Nick. I was like, Nick, oh. yes, thank you. I was like, oh, like I audibly like groaned. The and, little uh, slip out of accidental kind of racism. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, that, that, that shitty language you'd hear like your parents or grandparents say from time to time of like saying something like you're one of the good ones. Oh yeah, that's horrible. Like, that's, oh, I, I uh, love, that's I a love real. That. That's what she said at one point too, right? Didn't she yes. say like you're one of the good ones to to Nick? Oh right, that's, that's, the, when, big, that's the big. It was right after the division. It was right after the uh, the plot or uh, the um at the plot the uh, press conference. Yeah. She was like, "You're one of the good ones," and he was just like, "Okay." Because she because I mean, Judy has the same kind of story that everyone that you always has whenever they have any sort of like racist things, and then they, they try to back it up. It always comes. It always starts out as it's like, always worse. When I was a kid, yeah. I got attacked by by somebody of that group 
or at yeah. some point or had a bad experience in my formative years and now I'm angry at now or your like parents this, told this you to like, be afraid of them yeah and like she's all optimistic and nice and so you actually kind of get faith in her being above the whole thing but she has these tiny little hints of it here and there throughout the movie mm-hmm. and then when she's cornered and has to talk at a press conference suddenly yeah. she's just giving it all out and like saying all the yeah. wrong things and you're like oh no like there's and a weird it handled it, intersectionality yeah. very well because like she was like um like uh racist towards like uh nick for various reasons and like nick was very like um like racist back towards judy and it parallels the idea of like women can oppress like well like black men for being black and black men can oppress women for being women yeah, like, that was really it. the central conflict of the, uh, like, their intersectional, um, like, Oh, yeah, it's absolutely the idea that any, any individual group that is uh, stereotyped or discriminated against is in no way, uh, is in no way banned or, like, in no way guaranteed to not turn around and act the same way against the other groups right. while, while yeah. dealing, having to deal with their own problems. Yeah, I, handled, I thought they handled that extremely well in the movie. Yeah, that's. They're even able to I show like, like the... step by step how like the press can, how, how like the press just jumping on a story and wanting to have ratings and everything will take. A, yeah, uh, I didn't even pick a, up that angle either. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the press will just take one individual event and turn it into a reason why an entire group should be hated or feared when it was yep, literally yeah. just like a case of someone like just a thing happening and it could yeah, have, like, and it could have been anything just because she said yeah. like they've only been predators so it's like oh are all predators bad it's like well no like maybe it's just ratings man yeah, oh, yeah like that's what sounds good and it's like yeah they did interesting stuff like that like how we report on any violence and stuff like that in real life and have to immediately talk about its gender like whether or not it's a certain gender or whether or not it's a certain race and then expand upon and overcover the the uh the story depend on depending on if it fills certain like check boxes and ignoring it if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, confirmation yep. bias. Just as a like aside, um, my parents were in Minnesota for my grandmother's birthday uh, this past weekend, and apparently, like the cops there had shot some black kid like a yep. month or two ago or something like that. Yeah, I had no idea, but um, they were they were on the subway line and somebody was asking them for change or some amount of money or whatever. You know, kind of the standard just panhandler thing. The, the standard um, subway experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I mean, it really depends where you are. Uh, I actually haven't had any, like, people come up asking me for money in uh, the Boston subway lines. I do remember your fun experience in California, though. Yes. <laughs> um, we have the best. Yeah, you had some nonsense people. Oh, right, because um, you were at a train stop. <laughs> yeah. You're the weirdest fuck, dude. That was probably, like, just out of his mind. Uh, yeah. But, so, uh, so when they refused to give this guy money, he started yelling at them for being racist. And my parents are like, what? What? Where, where'd this come from? And uh, I thought it was so interesting because when my parents were telling me this story, I didn't realize the guy was black until my mother said that he started yelling at them for being racist. So I was just like... You know, this is kind of refreshing hearing this story and having no idea what race this person was at first. <laughs> I, like, I actually had to ask to clarify. I would have preferred it. would have made pa- news if he was. Eh, whatever. Like, I would have preferred it if your yeah. parents, like, actually owned up to it. 
<laughs> like, like when he was like, you guys are just racist. And they're like, yeah, so what? We're still not giving you money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that would be like, an interesting just, reaction. Just Because what does he say after that? Like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> an interesting strategy. Like, I, huh. I don't know. Like, if someone claimed him, like, Andrew, you're racist. Like, yeah, what of it? What are you going to do about it? He's like, cool, you call me racist. That's not going to change the fact that I'm not going to be nice to you. Like, people will be totally out caught off guard it. about what to do about that because all the racist people think they're not racist. Exactly. Right. So if anyone says so, they are racist, now you don't know what playing field you're on. Yeah, now you're just like, especially you're like, if they're being ironic about it. And now you don't know how dangerous that person is because you're like, well, wait, like, what kind of racist are you? Are you like just a, I don't prefer those people, or are you like the kind of person that kills? You know, that same race. I don't think that that opens up an avenue for a conversation, though. I don't think if somebody says, yeah, I'm racist, so fucking what? You're going to be like, well, hold on. Let's go ahead and hammer this down real quick. I want to know what flavor of racism I'm dealing with. You just stop talking to them. Is this reverse psychology? It it is. (laughs) To be fair, this is also Minnesota. So, like, practically Canada, nobody would ever say any of this stuff. They were just surprised that somebody would be confrontational enough to even call them racists. (laughs) Yeah. Valid point. They used to not have people within 100 feet. Like, that's like. Like, honestly, that's the best way. If you don't want to go to jury duty, do that. Like, no joke. I did that. I, I, I did that There's when I had to go to... an easy way to do that. Oh, yeah. Claim your oh, racist. No. When I was on jury yeah. duty, there was, like, 20 racists. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I did. I haven't got called back to jury duty in, like, six years. Well, All you gotta more. do, if you don't... First off, you can either choose not to vote. That's one way to not get jury duty. <laughs> the guess. other thing that you can do is just say, uh, if I'm called to be in this jury, I will annul it. And they will be like... Okay, we can't have you. <laughs> yeah, I if just... You, if you try to, like, if you say that you want to do jury nullification, they don't want you on the jury. See, huh. I got I got so, so lucky, because my the case was two black people having, a, like, an argument over property ownership, and I was like, I just walked oh, in, I was like... Oh, damn, you just yeah. say, like, I hate black I, people. I, I, yeah, I walked in and just, I looked at, like, you know, half the wow, jury man. is, like, African-American, half, you know, the <laughs> defendant, I was like, Matt, I don't belong here. I don't like any of these people. And they're just like, you need to leave. And I was and like, then I'm you out ran. <laughs> Well, yeah, then because wow, even the ba- like, cause even, well, it was tough because even the bailiff was I, black. I so I was like, uh, <laughs> with every single podcast wow. we ever do, we establish just how much more of a piece of shit yeah. Andrew is I, look, than we thought it, he was the previous what did week. You, what did you think? I'm the worst thing that exists. Like yeah. just like you think Trump's bad? Like I would be the worst thing to, to hit America. Like. No, I, I was God. on jury duty on a child molestation case, and uh, <laughs> every single person just said that they thought that he did it. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, and this is how I got out of it. I said, no, I love no, child molestation. No, I, no, I got out of, I got out of it by sitting politely in the corner until they said I could leave because I never got called. I had the, I had the experience of... Uh, Why don't I get out of jury duty? They took so long. I don't long. vote. <laughs> yeah. They took so long to go through the list of people that we had a lunch break and had to come back later. And I was there all the way up until the end of the day, and because they kept they kept like uh, they kept like uh, ne- like eliminating each other's elected yeah. jury duty jury members basically. So I'm just oh, yeah, so you get the most money on the first day though for jury duty. I think so. Yes, but like yeah. I was, I was so just got, sitting there on a bench next to my high work. school uh, history teacher and just waiting. And it was oh, just that's a weird awkward. day. Yeah. Yeah, it was Mr. Cole. He was sitting next to me. What? He was yeah. in the... <laughs> just a high school I, teacher oh, sitting man. next to me. We're just waiting to be called on this this uh, child molestation case. And God, I thought happened. it would be... Cause... 
You know, it would almost have been funnier if it was uh, Mr. Uh, Testerman who was there. Because he has knocked I'm actually... And, wait, oh no. Because well, he's into the that. one who was no, a child molester. No, <laughs> like... no. Let's not talk... No. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually... Maybe we shouldn't... Yeah. You don't want to say that, those, you don't say that word a few more times? <laughs> Zootopia. Let's Zootopia. go back to that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm disappointed so, there wasn't child molestation in Zootopia. Okay, shut up, Andrew. <laughs> uh, I've actually... I was watching a Zootopia, and I'm like, if there was ever a Disney, like, series to actually be turned into a TV show, I think this would be the one I'd be most okay with. No. But the plot line was such, like, a... Well, I mean, but, like, have you seen, like, most Disney... If this like, was a TV show, TV they would completely some... destroy the thing that was yeah, good it about it. Yeah, it yeah. would just oh, be a really boring adventure show. It would just be like animals being like, let's be animals in a crazy <sighs> I, okay. city. So it would just be Judy and, like, and Nick well, going on a yeah. on like yeah, daily cop adventures. It'd be bonkers. Cop adventures. It would just be bonkers, the animated series. Done. There you go. Uh, it's a it's yeah, it's it like would be Batman uh, and Black animated cartoon. <laughs> I I'd be down for that. That uh, that was actually it was awful. a bad black anime cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was terrible. I'm referring specifically to that. I the one where they invented enough. a sidekick character. The animation was weird as fuck. Yeah, the animation um, was super janky. Yeah, it was the but, 90s. Uh, it all looked kind of crap. I guess I'm taking this from the perspective of I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy animated series, and that is like the worst. Like uh, one of you guys mentioned it, I think, and I like I looked it up, and I'm like. Oh Not yeah, damn, this really is like yeah. the worst. I made it through one episode, and I almost didn't make it through the one episode of Guardians of the Galaxy because it was just so bad. I, I, it was I, terribly I paced, that. and the action was like, like we just they throw you directly into a mission with no context, and you're just dealing with characters with annoying voices, and half of them you realize immediately just how boring all the human-ish looking characters are, and how like yep. the only likable ones really are just Groot and Rocket. <laughs> Once you're in animated yes. form, because they're just a character <laughs> that does action stuff. Once you take them out of that, once they're not played by, once they're not played by a, a funny wrestler anymore, like you're just like, oh, tattoo guy is just boring. He's just a guy with muscles that sometimes lifts something up, and like then green oh, green mean, lady he's... is just the like it's like a, like a walking and talking ambient pill. Like this is oh, this, these are the these are the burn. protagonists of the show. Like it's supposed to be like oh fun interplay between these five characters, and I'm like, all right, there's Rocket and. Oh shit! This is twenty minutes That's long. It. Fuck! It's going still, and it's like, it, and it's weirdly fast for how uninteresting and nothing is kind of happening. And it's like there, there's no setup to like the characters at all, and it's just like just action segment for like twenty minutes straight, and then it ends. And I looked at the, uh, I took a look at the uh, the AV clubs like TV reviews of that series, and they're only going lower as time goes on. So I, chose I generally to not like continue. the AV club reviews. I chose for, to like, not continue everything. that series. Yeah. They're one of the only places that I really, like, go to, and I feel like they really hit the nail on the head with their reviews. Although I do find that the AV Club tends to be very generous towards Doctor Who. Because sometimes I watch an episode and I think, that was awful. Well, I'll go on the AV Club and it's like, A+. Here's the thing about Doctor Who, is everyone who still watches it is inherently generous about it. Because all the stuff that would turn people off about it would make them not watch it anymore. (laughs) And not review it continuously. That's a... Pretty good point there, and, yeah. And in, gen- in general. Stopped spe- watching Doctor Who a long time ago. The thing about TV reviews in particular, especially mm. after season one, like if you look at, uh, like if you talk about any show ever with anyone else, you'll hear, you'll almost always tell hear them say that, oh yeah, it really dropped off at this season or something at some point along the way. 
But if you go to Rotten Tomatoes for any television show, the scores actually get higher every single season. And that's because yep. it takes effort to keep watching a TV show you don't like. So everyone who doesn't like it at first starts dropping off. And it, it quickly just segregates into just being the people who like the show still are the ones that are reviewing it. So reviews yeah. of television are inherently more, pro, uh, never more positive than, than, than movie reviews. I yeah. never thought of that. Unless oh, you're yeah. like me, who's committed and just keeps reviewing it badly every time. <laughs> well, you you were just talking... Okay, before the podcast, Andrew was going through his list of animes they need to watch, and he was like, I hate this anime, yeah, but I going, have to finish it. Going over the fact and he said this like nine times. Rule. Yeah. He has a special have... rule where he can't ever stop something he watches more have... than one episode of forever. What? Yeah, I have like fucking, what, to 18 shows I gotta catch up on. And you like how many of them? None of them. Well, I like Cyborg 009. Oh, I gotta finish go. that. But everything and like, but everything else, I really don't want to finish at all. But you gotta um, do it. Like you gotta like, do it, man. Like I don't, I don't want to finish. I don't want to finish. You don't Yuri, have Yuri. to do it though. You really don't. I have to. <laughs> I don't want this fucking list to have drop stuff on it. I, uh, My anime list is the worst website for your your tendencies because <laughs> you could have just you would have forgotten about these things otherwise. You wouldn't know that you hadn't finished them. <laughs> You just forget that uh, yeah, existed. that's true. But <laughs> that's a very good point, huh? You just gotta but, nuke like, this it, little profile. I just, uh, I don't want to do that because I, are, I uh, have so many completed that it just feels like a shame that I can't. It's even like, com- you know, you're gonna get an A minus on completing animes. Exactly. Can't I, have that. If, look, if I'm gonna die one day, I'm gonna die with no dropped anime. All right, this is gonna be my life goal. Damn straight, we're gonna be proud of you for it. No one will be proud of me for it, and that's the point. I want people to not be proud that I wasted my life watching fucking bo 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 bo. Like, <laughs> like that's what I want my life to be amounted to. Andrew, you need, that's you need fucking a racist. Website to chronicle all your life mistakes. Yes, exactly. I want people to. <laughs> I just want people to remember me that I'm that horrible racist piece of shit who wasted his life watching crappy anime. Like that's it. <laughs> that's my goal in life. And I that's can't keep that. I think that. you're on your way, man. I well, think you're I, on your way. I am. I have two hundred and something. It's, it's like how achievement something. hunters have all these like badges of shame on their like Xbox Live history of like the games that they've completed and they, they'll never go away. Like because they yeah, played like, Silver Surfer Two or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Any last thoughts on Zootopia? Um. Ultimately, I just think it's a really important movie that is good at expressing the concept of how prejudices form in the first place in in relatively subtle ways in a very realistic setting because like the game is the whole the whole the entire setting and everything about it is super unrealistic and fantasy i said game because i always say game on accident uh everything about it is super fantasy and unrealistic but how it handles its core subject matter of dealing with racism and prejudices in the context of, say, an individual group being seen as a source of violence or even like elements of terrorism and stuff like that. And even elements of not entirely trusting your government or questioning how the media covers things in the first place and how they might skew messages to begin with like, is all so freakishly realistic that it's actually really concerning. And... As a result, it's it's actually a really, really good thing to have kids watching nowadays because it's like the next step in helping people be able to conceptualize these things in a way that, uh, honestly, there's generations that are older than us that can't. Because like, we, yeah. we, we all have that one racist family member on Facebook or whatever, or several yes. of them, where you're like, yes. wow, this person 
we'll never it conceptualize also, that humans are humans and that like maybe yeah. they have a bunch of misconceptions skewed one by the fact that they're in a friends, media bubble. Um, his great grandma pulled him aside one day when he uh, was hanging out with his friends, one of whom happened to be black, and his great grandmother says to him, "Did you know that your friend is black?" <laughs> and he was what? like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and she was like, "Okay." And that oh, yeah. was it. But like, yeah. Also, the movie is the source of this gif. Like, and I, have, like I have the uh, my grandparents. My grandparents spam this are, in every chat. My uh, my grandparents had are like okay, case where like one of them gets it and one of them doesn't get it. Where uh-huh. uh, what, like one of them was just having this nice story of like, oh, it was great. Like we were the, we were at this. Uh, I think they were at Hisui or something. This this uh, Japanese restaurant on uh, on Veterans Day. And he's a veteran, and someone from the other other table actually like, like, like they they went to get their check, and they found out that the people at this other table actually took their check, and it was like this really nice little story about how someone was like supporting the vets and everything like that. And then 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 my grandma says, and it was really great because they were African American, and my you can see the the you can mm-hmm. see the, the like the half sigh on my grandpa's face. He's like. I was specifically not saying that part of the story. <laughs> and just the entire <laughs> table breaks out laughing because she doesn't understand why it was so funny that she had to add that to the story at the end. And it became like this ongoing thing for the rest of the night because she didn't understand for the rest of the night like why that was like the unnecessary detail that was being intentionally omitted. Oh, you yeah. so, you, you gave us the sloth gif. Got yeah. It. Yeah, I'll that's all the gift this, was. I'll never escape this thing. <laughs> I I will so say that that, that that was like that was my one hated part of the movie. The, the most of everything, huh? The DMV. Yeah. I, to I be hated fair, it. any of us, any of us that have ever specifically been stuck in the DMC for like hours on <laughs> the end, the devil may cry. That... <laughs> I said DMV, not DMC. You definitely said, you said DMC. You, D, you said DMC. God damn it. <laughs> okay. That just balances uh, Coop's calling the movie a game earlier. <laughs> uh, wow. But yeah, for any of us stuck in the DMV for like longer than a, at like 20 minutes, like that sloth thing cuts really hard. Oh, yeah. I've been there yeah. for three hours I, before. Yeah. Yeah, three I, hours yeah. is usually how long it takes. I, yeah. Two and, hours like, outside, one hour inside, and then I, I had to go back to the DMV next day. for long enough to get bored with the Bleach Game Boy uh, DS game. Jesus, like I, I didn't know, I don't know what that means. Like I had just gotten it from like someone just gifted it to me, and I was playing it for so long in the DMV for the, like, like putting it in for the first time that I was like actually tired of the game before I got called. <laughs> yeah, I've I've run out of phone battery at the DMV before. <laughs> I mean, Damn. like like I got there at six in the morning and left around like three in the afternoon, and I was like, and like it, when I watched when I watched Zootopia, like. I, when I was wa- I watch in theaters because it's a very rare chance that I walk and go outside, and so I was watching in theaters and people were fucking laughing at that scene and I was so mad because like <laughs> fuck you people I was like screw especially kids kids were laughing and I was like you fucking assholes don't even understand the concept of this joke you don't understand how fucking miserable the DMV is I was like God yeah. you fucking for me it's the really entire awful. thing that, the entire thing that sold that scene for me and why it was funny to me was for the exact same reason why that one scene from One Punch Man is funny which is just Someone being very animatedly impatient can be very funny to me. So Judy's like constant tr- attempts to try to make yep. everything move forward yeah. was actually the funny part. Like if it, if they just hung out at the part where if they just showed the scene where 
they go up, they, you know, they, they realize, oh my god, it's all full of sloths, and then they t- try talking to him, and he goes really slow, and she just, sh- like, looks like she's impatient, and then they cut, and then it's nighttime. I would have been okay with that. But, like, the fucking, like, the whole scene drag of, like, let me tell you a joke. Okay. I, mean, I, I liked like, it, though, because that was Nick's revenge for her yanking him around for a while. Yeah. yeah. For me, what happened no, no, is I it, mean, it became no. the Family Guy thing where it goes on for too long and then goes on long enough to become funny again. Like, that's that's the problem. I, like, him telling the joke was okay, but when the sloth was telling the joke to the other girl... He I only was like, said two words uh, to her, and then it cut. Yeah, that was actually the specific moment that sold it again for me. Because I was like, okay, this is going a little too long. And then it's like, oh no, like, they're yeah. screwed when he starts telling yeah. to other people. And it's gonna, like, a joke's gonna yeah. go around this entire group of people that moves in yeah. slow motion. I'm like, oh, they're fucked. <laughs> and it was the perfect time to cut, and then it cut. I'm like, yes, okay. Yeah. That was right. It's just, uh... So, <laughs> Dark Souls 3. No, we should, all, we should all argue about how to be a good director and editor. <laughs> no, oh, thanks. We, Dark we Souls to, 3. We need to workshop this exact Shut scene up. until Dark it's Souls perfect. 3. <laughs> Dark Souls 3. Dark, Dark Souls, Souls okay. 3. Okay. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts uh, on Dark Souls 3, people who have played it? Which, well, Andrew, you didn't first say of all, much Andrew, have you played Zootopia. it at all? Uh, I, I tried. I, I've you never, guys I, keep talking over me. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna start talking over you guys. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Andrew. <laughs> I like. I. I. If, if Keith goes back and like looks at the footage, there will be points where I like start saying something, and then one, one of you guys takes over, and I'm just like, all right, I'll just sit back. It's always hard. I don't, yeah. Okay. Did you have so anything to say Dark about Zootopia? I did, but it doesn't matter anymore. Did we cover it already? Did we talk? Shut o- up. Did we we're, talk over we're you done. And Zootopia is dead. <laughs> it has been. It has been killed. Uh, let's start do- no, it'll never talk die. Dark Souls. So now that it's we've gonna have played a resurgence it in ten years when all these kids see it again and realize how different what no, was actually being told to them. <laughs> no, it'll have a resurgence in like five years when they come up with a sequel or something. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, so, Zootopia. Oh no! Uh, On the list oh, of things God. that can be ruined by sequels. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. Maybe race yeah. relations will get even worse by then. Though, oh and God! More what, material what, to work with. What if it sells as many toys as cars and then they have to make it shitty? Well, the cars started out shitty. And well, they got if they worse. make like a planes version of Zootopia, what would that be with a bunch of people instead? Bugs. It, it would be called Wait. tigers. Bugs. <laughs> but that no, just oh, loops they, back they to make bug a, life. This, but it would be like bug life future uh, or something. So what would happen horrible. if you get Zootopia one and Zootopia two, and then Zootopia three unchained, and then you would get Gazelle? Oh no, the Gazelle that's, spin-off directed that's TV how board movie. Rooms work. That's how they plan the di- this shit. The directed DVD Gazelle spin-off. <laughs> no, no, oh, it, this, okay. it would, no, it would conceptually okay. be something I'm that should the be directed DVD, on. but you know <laughs> this it is getting be. this is getting bad. I also yes. want to discuss Dark Souls because we've been going for an hour and fourteen minutes, and I'd like to at least discuss Dark Souls for some amount of time. That's only because you started so, recording early. <laughs> uh I think I cut the recording when we started. Uh, uh, maybe I'm not at an hour. Okay. I'm only at an hour. Still. Dark Souls 3. Uh, someone someone was impatiently co-op. skipping forward the 10 minute intervals trying to wait for us to hear like rapier or broadsword or something. <laughs> so um, now, now that we've actually had the proper chance to play uh, co-op together and like I've had some time to like mess around and explore, I think I'm liking it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment I really started liking it again was when we crossed that bridge and you guys are like, you mean you haven't gone this way yet? So just like, to preface things, I'm going to say we're going to spoil anything up to and through the Undead Settlement. Yeah, yes. about there. Uh, just to give people you know an idea where we are, because everyone's safe. in progress here, because it's a long game. 
And if you don't know what tree nuts is, then you're probably not safe. Tree nuts. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it tree nuts because it's that tree's got the worst thing is. you think about. Yep. It's a horrifying tree sea pod monster that has like a groin covered in like giant spider eggs. It's yes. really horrifying. Which surprised me because it has nothing to do with spiders. It's just these weird egg sack things. Sack. Um, there's the word. Yeah. Nuts. There yeah. you are. <laughs> anyway. uh, the moment the moment we started exploring a little bit more, I, I liked it a lot. Um, and then also found the way to get up to the giant. So he'd stop shooting me. Um, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. You just I, go I, from that one NPC. And you go see, to the I, ice guy. Went, well, no, 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 no. You take that elevator up. Yeah. Uh, there's a it's, button. It's, it's a pretty classic elevator puzzle of uh, yeah. triggering an elevator but then hopping off it so that you can ride it the other oh. way. Yeah, I wasn't looking when I was playing it solo. So, uh, when I was, thing I was to pick just up messing on around this every afternoon. Every Souls game has some sort of elevator puzzle, usually multiple times, either where you trigger the elevator and something weird shows up after the elevator leaves, or you can hop off the elevator to go through like a hole in the wall or something. Yep. Uh, which is true doubly in this case, because it's both. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was both uh, but in so I got up. Yeah, I got up, talked to the giant. I was actually really disappointed that the giant doesn't say anything. He's just like, I'll help you now, and that's it. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, But then you get over to the area with the flaming demon, and I'm like, God, I hope we can co-op this, because I don't think I'm going to be able to go through this normally. Um, I haven't seen the flaming demon yet. Yeah, I never would have noticed it otherwise. I honestly, I hope we can call up that whole area because that frost night might be really rough with my that, that uh, a hell of a surprise. with my mage. It's yeah, basically it a Taurus demon, but with fire attacks. Oh, so you've already fought the thing? Oh yeah, I, I guess you totally the entire area in the next one. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty set I need up to right go now. Back and do it. The the crabs but, were. But you meet Zeke, you meet Sigvard, which time. is the new like the new onion knight of this game, and you yes. fight a flaming Taurus demon. Yes. Uh, I, I can't wait until we can co-op that. That that whole village segment looked really neat. And as far as I can tell, that's the only way you can get there. Does it, like, progress past or is, past, or is that, like, an optional area entirely? Uh, when you finish that area, it, the only... It ultimately funnels you into a drop-off point that takes you right in front of the big locked gate again by the boss. Okay. That's but, really uh, cool. But going in that general direction through that tower is mandatory because the elevator is how you get to the next area. Well, yeah, to go down. Which is a surprise, because the whole place, the, the whole way the place is structured points you at that boss, and then you beat the boss, and you realize that there's nothing behind it. It's just a boss chamber, and you're like, wait, wait. Because huh. you think you think that, that inevitably you're going to kill the boss, and then like a door is going to open up, and that'll be the next region. But that little side path with the onion night, like towards the onion night area is just how you get to the whole next region, and the, the, the almost the entirety of the undead settlement is actually super optional. Yes. Really? I thought that was wow. I thought that was yeah. neat because, but that we, doesn't uh, even seem to be the case because, like, going directly to the Onion Knight is a little bit out of your way. Yep. So, like, sort the game of... leads you to go through like this whole area that ends up being more or less optional. That's been like a reoccurring huh. joke for me whenever I try to let's play any of these games blind. Is that I'll try to use normal video game logic of like, oh, there's left and right. It path. doesn't work. Well, that one sure looks like the important one. That one sure looks like the side path, and then I take the side path and I beat the game basically. <laughs> Like that's how these games work. Is that this, the the most obvious directions almost never are the way to actually complete and escape the area because they actually are specifically designed to to force you to explore basically in the most fascinating ways. And they get away with that because whenever you look around, you're like, oh, I know where I am at any given moment. So you can, 
Like it's the t it's the only game I know where you can see a, like five doors you haven't opened yet and actually have a mental map of where they were. Whereas in a lot of games like yeah, say well, Hyperlight because Drifter, they don't ever reuse art assets. Yeah. So you right. can immediately tell like what you're looking at. You or look they at reuse something. art assets, but they always orient them in unique ways that you've never right. seen before. Whereas right, a game yes. like Salt and Sanctuary or uh, Hyperlight Drifter, which admittedly both yeah, are, they both have to, but they're both stuck in 2D. You'll get into a yeah. range where you're like, where the hell is? Where am I? I had that problem more in uh, Salt and Sanctuary just because it was just such a like murky thing. Oh yeah, like, did and you hit like the, point the level tiles like, well? and you couldn't tell where you were in the map. Yes. Like at some yeah. point they're like, there's ledges somewhere that led somewhere, and I was there already, yeah. and I don't know how to get I couldn't back. figure out my way, I, I couldn't figure out how to get to the, the pirate boss, and so like, eventually I tried diving off into the void, thinking that there was an invisible walkway there, uh, which apparently was hilarious for the guy that told me that one, um, but like, it took me a half an hour to figure out how the hell to get to him, um, but like, I, I guess in that game I also kept unlocking these like, new secret passages and stuff, I had oh, no yeah. idea where they were. Like <laughs> in, in Dark Souls three, yeah, that's because they're we, secret, dummy. Well, but like, okay, so in Dark Souls three, you know how we have that bonfire next to um, Hodick that invades you, and yes. there's the bridge to the locked door and past the rats, and then you can, you know, yeah. go on your way that way. There's also that one other secret bonfire directly above. I know where those are intrinsically, and I know how it all interconnects. Yep. Imagine if like. It was a really long passageway, and suddenly you're back in the high wall of Lothric. Oh. Yeah. That's how it felt. So it's just like, how does this connect? Where am I going? Why is this here? Is this even necessary? And most of the time it wasn't. It was just like, a, oh, I can kind of go back here, and there's maybe an item or two. And apparently this was a shortcut, but it seems really redundant, because all I want to do is get back to the shrine, which was the other way. You know what's funny so, is that I really liked Dark Souls 2 because of how, like, uh, intertwined a lot of levels felt. And it'd be like, you walk from a Majula through, like, a little hallway and you wind up in, like, Hades Tower of Flame. I've oh, always yeah. said that that was, like, one of my favorite things ever. And, like, after playing Dark Souls 3, I realize now that, like, that level design was completely schizophrenic and nothing really made sense. You also realize like, in Dark how Souls much... 3, it's so cohesive. You, you also yeah. realize, like, how, like, in Dark Souls 2... It was all connected. That made it, it, made, it. It did feel like a continuous space, but it was so segregated Nonsense. that none of them, none of them were next. Yeah. To, none of them felt next to each other. Whereas mm -hmm. in Dark yeah. Souls One, you go through the undead berg and the lower undead berg, and you might not think about it at first, but the lower undead berg is seriously just right below the undead berg physically, and you can look up and down and see the other level from there, yep. and go up and down yep. with shortcuts and stuff. And you're like, holy crap, this is all connected. Or like the I moment really like liked... halfway through Bloodborne, you're super. You feel like you've gone so far, and then you climb a ladder and you're by the the spawn point at the beginning of the game, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking like about. These games can fuck with you when you realize how they're laid out because of how yeah. interconnected yes. they can all be, and it's and that sort of level design is incredibly, incredibly I... like ugh, complicated, yeah. hard to pull I will off. Admit... I, I enjoy the fact that it's done that way, but I really did like it in Dark Souls 2 that you could take multiple routes through the game. I feel like that mm -hmm. vastly improves replayability. Because yep. I remember, uh, Keith, the one time you and I tried to do like co-op with Radiant or whatever, and we decided it, it was Radiant, right? Um, one of those yeah. failed series... Yeah, and what we decided we played, to go. We played with like, Spider, and it was we were having trouble making progress. But then we realized that if we started playing with somebody else, 
we could make it fresh content by just immediately going to the zones we hadn't covered yet with spider because we had access to them yeah yeah i really liked that because you know it just kind of made it interesting it's like yeah if you want to go if you want to go to the hate tower flame and completely skip the uh the last giant up until the very end of the game go for it and I actually really wanted to do a playthrough at some point where that happens, so we all just walk in as level 100-something or others and just ruin <laughs> the guy. Stomp Hades Tower of Flame. Yeah, like how <laughs> how we wail on those knights, just go up and just start hitting him for, like, hundreds of damage, and it's just like, oh, you're overpowered. Um, I, what I on do, earth is this? I will admit, for Dark Souls 3, I don't so like I, I those knights. I just in chat the... Uh... The vertical hand painted map of all of Dark Souls One. Yes, that just shows how amazingly connected the entire thing is. Because the oh, entire thing yeah, is yeah, there big it all pillar. is. Yeah. So the one thing about Dark but, Souls Three is that we're so early in it that it, we can't really comment on how open it is, really. Yeah. Because yeah, because uh, like it Dark does Souls feel a lot more linear. Started out being pretty closed. You could technically mm-hmm. go to the catacombs and new La- uh, new Londo if you wanted to have a terrible time, but you're pretty much uh, stuck going into the I, uh, undead bird. Did I ever tell you about mm-hmm. the first time I tried playing Dark Souls? You went I, to the I graveyard, I, didn't you? I went straight to New Londo and couldn't figure Ooh. out why the hell I couldn't oh, yeah. like do anything. That's documented well, on YouTube as my so first obvious. let's play ever. It seems so obvious that's the direction you should go, because, like, oh, yeah. through the spookies, and then there you are. I, I didn't even see the pathway going towards that, like, aqueduct that you walked through. I, like, yeah, I yeah. had no idea it was there. So after that, I, I, I tried going through the graveyard, and the big skeleton just killed me, and I'm like, don't think so. Yeah. Like, I started off playing uh, Dark Souls with Anna and Andrew on Sad Games as our first ever, like, multiple episode Let's Play, period. So we were totally mm-hmm. inexperienced at playing, doing Let's Plays and totally inexperienced with Dark Souls. And the game's famous for being hard, which kills your interpretation of whether or not what, what difficulty scaling is supposed to be like. Yeah. So we tried, like, ten times to get through the graveyard area, and they're respawning, and I tried running through it, and I tried doing all these different things to get past it, and it didn't seem possible to do, deal with it. And then we found it's New Londo Ruins afterwards, <laughs> which was even worse. Yeah. And after like an hour and a half of playing, we we lurk, turned around and like, oh, there's a weird path that goes around the corner, that, like that leads to the aqueduct, which is like actually like the least obvious direction of the three. It seems. Like, thank God the really elevator is. doesn't work at the beginning of the game, or we would have gone there first too, because <laughs> we found those oh, NPCs we gone first to the, too. Uh... Yeah. We would have been to the Undead Parish, which technically wouldn't yep. be that bad, but it'd be pretty bad. It would be easier than New Londo. You'd but still fight a rapier uh, yeah. parrying character, which would be pretty brutal. Yep. But yeah, like the um, the thing about that is that functionally Dark Souls 1 was pretty linear at the beginning, and you're mm-hmm. most likely going to have to go in a specific order. You could kind of break the progression a little bit by having the skeleton key, but if you didn't have the key, you had to more or less go through a, a series of relatively linear locations. But then, the how moment... easy is it to sequence break in Dark Souls One? Like you can um, kind of break a little bit, but then like it's probably so hard that you can barely do anything so when you do in, it. In my playthrough of Dark Souls One on my channel, I'd already beaten it before, so I specifically tried to mess with the sequence. And what I do know that I did, uh, I know I did four kings in episode like fourteen. Mm-hmm. So like I did four kings before going anywhere near Sun's Fortress and stuff like that, for example. So you're able to sequence break pretty substantially yeah the but thing still about kind of within kings, a whole bunch of stuff that was in the same relative chunk of the game like you didn't skip like end game content and then loop back around for like well, middle four, game content four kings is, is end game content technically because it's uh it's oh, one of the yeah, big yeah. 
Because the whole so. point of the game is that it has a relatively linear setup, then you get the Lord Vessel, and you can go in forward branching paths in any order you want to, and then then you then do the final boss fight afterwards. And mm-hmm. I did, uh, like for context, let's see, 13 was coming under Notorious episode... Yeah, like in, in episode 11, I was killing Chaos Witch Quelag, for example, which is like one of the first bosses you have access to. Uh-huh. He's right directly under the, the main base. And then like two episodes later, I was killing Four Kings, one of the last bosses of the game. Because uh, you can mess with the sequence by... Uh, I believe in this case, you can... If you kill Sif, you get ex- you get the ability to fall in the hole without dying. Because he gives you the Covenant of Artorias. And mm. there's an NPC outside of Four Kings where that's supposed to give you an item after you show them the Lord Vessel. But you can also just murder that NPC... And just get the item that gives you access to uh-huh. four kings. And then you just hmm. jump in the boss fight and do one of the hardest boss fights in the game way too early if you want to. Four kings was a nightmare. Yeah. And I think that was actually the boss fight that killed our Dark Souls 1 playthrough. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I was co oping that with Spider and OG Nerd. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four uh, kings is the to... one boss more than anything that makes me... Uh, that gives me... Makes me nervous about playing Dark Souls 1 again. <laughs> Yeah. But I know just from experience that I build up these idols or like these totems of like scary bosses in my head from my past yeah, experiences. So, but then I play so much Souls game in between that suddenly yeah. when I when I go back, like I go and kill that snow area in Dark Souls 2 in my first try or I kill Fume Knight on my first try. And so I'm like, yeah, they, what if Four Kings is a joke when I go back? I don't know. It's been like two years. <laughs> they they killed me repeatedly. Uh like, they killed the three of us repeatedly, and it was a pain in the ass because, of course, it was Spider and OG Nerd who could never take anything seriously. Uh, so, like, we could just never make it there. And then afterwards, just out of sheer curiosity, I decided to try it myself on my character. So I just helped them. Uh, so uh-huh. it would speed things along. I did it in one shot. Like, it was really easy, and it's just like, oh. Then again, that boss specifically is really hard in co-op, so that, like, made it worse. But, um... No, like... Oh yeah, there are specific encounters that just kind of shit themselves when, with co-op. If they're overly yes. scripted and gimmicky, like things get weird. Yeah, like the idea of I trying to fight like Lud and Dolan simultaneously because he did co-op. It's like yes. they have bonus hit points and they're both there together simultaneously, and one of them will enrage. <laughs> I guess I was already used to that from um, oh, Fat Man and non-Fat Man. Well, that that, uh, that, 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 that fight's always <laughs> the same no matter what, though. Except for the part where killing one of them, whoever you kill first enrages the other one. But uh, the co-op doesn't affect that fight. Yeah, but like just from the perspective of like, oh, it's just two bosses at once. Okay, I'm used to this. Even if it's hard as dicks and you have to deal with horses the entire way there. Um, So what... I don't remember what Fat Man and not Fat Man were called. They're like the most iconic bosses of the game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because everyone got stuck on them for a really long time Orin, and they look really Ornstein cool. Ornstein and Smoog. It's like Or Ornstein yeah. and Smoes, how the people pronounce it usually, but who also yeah. who knows? I don't think anyone yeah. says it in the game ever. No, nobody does. Ever. Yeah. Nope. And they're both they're both the exact spellings of names that you could pronounce in like four ways. So it's like, yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> I do find it very interesting that like the way that they name characters in Dark Souls seems very oddly inconsistent. So it'll be like It'll be like, um, uh... It's like a weird Tarantino remix of, of, uh, Western mythology. Yeah, it's sort of like that. So it's like, you'll have a character who's named, like, 
like Arthorius of Astaroth, and then you have another character who's named John, and <laughs> they're like neighbors. <laughs> they're best buddies. Yeah. Like Ornstein and Smug, and then to get to them, you have to go talk to Joanna from accounting <laughs> to get the key. <laughs> or the Ulysses and stuff like that. I it's just really a translation wish- and a localiz- localization thing, but it still like strikes me as really funny. I really wish they'd stop being so coy with like the plot and the backstory for all of these games, though. I kind of like, agree. I really want to know what's happened in Dark Souls 3, and it feels like they just gave up, almost. Like, in Dark Souls 1, you kind of know that, like, this kingdom's fucked, and you're here to, like, kind of break out, because you start in a prison and whatever, and there's yeah. kind of a mystery going on. Dark Souls 2, it's like, alright, this was a kingdom that got, like, ruined... And so if you go to, like, the Forest of Fallen Giants, it kind of loops back on itself and you see the story. And, you know, there are some NPCs talking about it and whatever. Three just feels like... you go back in time. That's a big, big plot thing. That helped a lot. Uh, Demon Souls, like, the kingdom, the main kingdom that's kind of like the main story thing, is literally going to shit before your very eyes. Like... That mm-hmm. happened maybe days prior because, because to you it's showing King up. Because it's literally an illusion. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Which they reuse in Dark Souls 1 with the queen or the princess or oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because she's an illusion. Because yes. all the Dark Souls games are very self referential, too. They, they like to recycle ideas a lot. Could and be worse. It could be to... Fire Emblem. Yeah. It, it's, like <laughs> Star, it's, like, it's like the Flash with time travel or Star Trek with multiple dimensions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just things they keep recycling because it's just part of the thing now. But I, I will, will say, I will yeah, admit- you get to Dark Souls three, and it's just like, huh? You don't know what's uh, going on. Oh yeah, they, <laughs> well, the fire's the time- going out. Go get the guys to go light the fire instead. It, it's like you're um, at the you're same trying time, to though, convince you guys the guys barely to do played their the job properly. So far. It's true, but I just I don't get the feel that like, you don't like, know about the giant feel. war that much in Dark Souls two until like you're seventy five percent through beating the story. That's a good point, but, like, it did feel like there was a little bit more immediacy to the plot. Yeah. Um, early on, like, you kind of get a feel that things have happened. Um, like, these games like to fuck with you over time, though. Like, yeah, Dark Souls true. 2 eventually like, I- had crazy memories of you going into the, a dragon's brain or stuff like that. And Bloodborne has a moment where you find the actual physical copy of the Hunter's Dream in the real world. And because you've been in an illusion version of it the entire game, and you're like, wait, there's mm-hmm. a real one here too that this is based on. And like there's little there's elements of that usually in there, and we there could be some crazy shit going on later in Dark Souls 3 we don't know about. Turns out turns out that the kingdom was invaded by katana wielding maniacs. Yeah. Just like just like neckbeards wielding katanas that were just <laughs> like like we're gonna take over now. Like the, the best we know about Dark Souls Three, is as, far, as far as I can tell, they've been re, they've been continually relighting the. Uh, and it's important to know that this game is kind of framed as being like the the end of the series, so it's supposed to be wrapping things up in some way. And so, like the idea is that they throughout all these the two games we played and like countless other versions that we never would have played, they've been continually relighting the fire over and over again, and it's been it's getting harder and harder to do that every single time. And so, as as best as I can understand, early this early in the game, it seems like we're trying to reunite the four Lords of Cinder, which I think are all previous chosen undead, like the, like they're all previous video game protagonists, basically that have that have already lit the fire and consumed themselves in the past. 
and they were supposed to try to bring them together so that all of them combined can hopefully light the fire again one last time because they're not able to do it the, the old way anymore is my best interpretation because I, I get a lot yeah. of it from like talking to the guy that's sitting on the throne yeah we have, there's one well, I didn't talk to the guy the dude on the, the throne, throne. there was like some chick that doesn't want to talk to you oh you guys never fa- like oh you guys don't know what the story is because you didn't talk to the character who tells you the story i couldn't find her yeah there's a in the uh in the firing shrine there's four there's a bunch of thrones in that room yeah one of them just i walked has around a, looked at all of them one of them has there a was little, not a person one of them has a little burned guy just sitting in the throne bullshit i looked he's been sitting there the entire time <laughs> Bullshit, okay. I look. When, yeah. when we do our next co-op session... It's on uh, we have to win. Yeah. And you're facing all the thrones, he's on your left. He's either the far left or second from the left. And he's, like, right there. Okay. He's, he's a weird little I, That sad... might explain why we don't think there's much of a plot. Yeah, he's a sad little... skipped yeah. it. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, you have to find him because he's the character that you give the item to from the tree boss to in or, enable you to trade souls for anything for bosses. He's your, oh. he's your boss item vendor, so you have to find him sooner or later. Okay. But he's like um, sitting on one of the left thrones. He's really small because it's like he's got missing limbs and he's all burned up and shit. But he tells you about the other lords and why you're looking for them. And the na- names of all the lords are on the backs of the thrones. So you're trying I to bring them together to relight the Fireling Shrine. I mean, the uh, the kiln of the first fra- flame one last time. Like Gwyn did. I guess the one thing I'd, I'd say about like Dark Souls 3 versus like 1 or whatever. Um, Havel. In Dark Souls 1, Havel's just this dude in a tower. Like, no reason why he's there. But he's a complete jerk. And, like, kicks your ass nine times out of ten. Until you, like, figure out how to cheese him or whatever. Um, but, like... And I will admit, maybe this happens in uh, Dark Souls 3 as well. Like, the issue of an NPC being in a certain location for a really specific reason? Yeah, because, like, I'm thinking of the Butcher and the Katana person. I just just encountered some... (laughs) Yeah, and like they feel so redundant. They're they're just there because they're a challenge with a cool MacGuffin behind them. Yeah, literally Whereas in the Havel, literally in the next region you visit, you'll fit you'll see NPCs that are aggressive that seem to be there for a really, really specific reason. Okay. <laughs> like but unique like, spawn people that seem to be guarding something or have like story behind them. Yeah, so that's that's cool, but it still kind of detracts because there's the katana person just standing outside. That like okay the the clothing of the master I think actually has some uh, plot next to it that I I should probably look at but the butcher specifically was the one that stood out to me because there was no reason why the butcher should be there like to begin with or ever because it's just like this person that there kicks was your ass near a bunch of birds yeah there was this one part where I saw a dog near a corpse and it looked like the dog was eating the corpse and I was like yep. There's a reason that that dog's there. Well, that hungry. dog was probably dog. barking at the ember that was, oh, like, right know. there. Yeah, there's an ember there. Oh. Yeah. There's I was a... being stupid. Oh, wait, you haven't seen that yet. Shit. No. I mean, you can talk about it. I don't there's think a, we care nearly special, as much. There's a very special dog. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't spoil the dog. Sooner, sooner or later, there's a dog where you encounter, and there's actually a story surrounding that dog, and you're like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> but, like... I, I still would really like them to have, like, just a straight-up plot line. Like, you roll into the kingdom, and shit is Literally, going wrong. because it's Dark Souls. Yeah. So, like, you're some <laughs> no-name person. But, like, you roll into the kingdom, and shit is going wrong. So, like, um... Uh, so, like, you walk in, and almost immediately... You know, you get an inn, it's all nice, you get dinner. And then, like, 
you wake up midnight and there's like a demon that's broken through your window and is trying to eat your boots or some so shit you, like so that. So you want to witness the zombie apocalypse part of Dark Souls where the society actually falls apart in the first place instead of getting yeah, there like, afterwards? Yeah, because I always feel like I'm there. It, it almost seems redundant. Like, I feel you like know, at this um, point, though, that'd be a, a betrayal of for a lot of people that already like how things are going now. Because a, a big a big part of the series is for five games now. Every single time, it's always a part of a part of the story is always sort well, of picking up the pieces of this destroyed society. For, for Bloodborne, though, like that was what ha- was kind of happening, though. Like the it was the the Blood Moon or whatever the night. Like all of Bloodborne is supposed to take place in twenty four hours or something silly like that, right? Well, it's a it's a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. So, Bowl of Bloodborne is also kind of not real. <laughs> okay. Have fun interpreting uh, Bloodborne. It's one of the. It's actually might be the most oblique, uh, sort of weird okay. story of all the five I, games. I'm I'm just thinking of like Father Gregor or whatever. Uh, the the guy that turns werewolf midway through the boss fight. Yeah, like I, I will give uh, you the fact that Bloodborne opens up with like society falling apart, basically for its first yeah. area. And I I really appreciated that because it kind of gave me a connection that I could work off of. Where in, like, Dark Souls 3, I'm some dead guy that wakes up, like, hundreds of years after the apocalypse to go do a thing to save society. There's no society left. Like, that's the annoying part to me. It's like... I would really like to have some Dark Souls scene where you get to actually see a functional society. Just, like, like, even, like, just walking through it. You'll need to be there for more than, like, five minutes. It'd be cool to see, like, Karina or something. when they mentioned uh, the old lady, when the thief gives you the ring to give it to the old lady that lives in the undead town. Yeah. I, I got excited because I'm like, hey, you know, you're actually, actually going to be a living person in a town. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, no. like, it would be you really interesting. Well, uh, I know. <laughs> but, like, it would have been it would have been really cool and really nasty of them if, like, you go through normal whatever, you eventually find the boss, you fight the boss, and then the entire town goes berserk. And suddenly it's, like, an enemy area that you have to, like, turn around and fight your way through after the boss. Or something like that. So, like, you directly caused it or whatever. Because I feel like I have no impact on the world ever in Dark Souls. You know, it's just, like... That's true. You do kind of feel like you're just tooling through the cities, not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I mean, part of this is because everybody responds, Oh, yeah, there is the burnt-ass-looking dude. Um, He is just there. Um... But uh, <laughs> oh, you're playing right now, and you just walked up and well, just found the character. I, I was gonna go hit stuff or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I was also going to mess around with that shield that you told me about with the special mm. attacks, the silver eagle oh, yeah. kite shield. There we go. Which is great. Um, that is a great discovery. Yes. You're right. It does let you use your specials. I like that. Um, but you know, I I really wanted. I, I really want some, like, connection to the world. You know, even if my character's, like, a nameless, faceless goon, I'd love to uh-huh. have the ability to connect to that character in some way, apart from, you lit the bonfire! Hooray! Or so you somewhere between that thing. and Oblivion, where, like, you're the most important thing to have ever existed in the world of, yeah. like, Oblivion or Skyrim. Yeah, and, like, I kind of wish the world almost moved as a result of my actions, and that it doesn't. Uh-huh. You, you are the one moving, the rest of the world stays static, and I don't like that. Yeah, because uh, here's one concern for me is I've seen a f- I've had a fair little a fair number of little exposures to various from software games in the past, too. And I don't know if they could do it, honestly. Yeah, Probably like, not. I think I mean, if you build up your writing, 
like to focusing be so... on the gameplay and building their yeah. world in advance and then just making team speak is annoying instead. <laughs> it's over oh yeah absolutely yeah. Like, if they set yeah. up their world so it works in what they wrote and everything, and they don't generally have to do character interactions and cutscenes and stuff like that, I think that's mm-hmm. that might honestly be the best they can do. Because <laughs> I don't know if they can pull off, like... Like, if, they, if, if you have a bunch of people around in real time and an actual society, you start getting into the territory of having to do some, like, Witcher or Dragon Age level of character interactions... And I don't know if they could handle, like, character interactions <laughs> that aren't, like, a weird glowing window that has a sad girl's voice in it. Like, okay. I don't, I, don't know if they like, go, yeah. I don't know if they can do that well, honestly. And I think that, honestly, that you, get, you get the risk of someone going and trying to do the thing need... that they're bad at and you making the game actually kind of worse. I guess I don't need character interaction. I just would like it if, like, there was kind of more of a cause and effect. Like, you beat the boss and instead of proceeding to the next area, it almost changes the world that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um as like a you def- you defeated this enemy now this town is on fire because this reason and like move on as opposed to just like all right you beat the boss on to the next one because like okay so we killed tree nuts why w- w- what was tree nuts's purpose to be killed um or like the oh shoot the the rampaging night guy that you stab in the grundle five thousand times and hang out under his belly button like Lord. none of these. Yeah, none of these characters seem to have any meaning, like from Interestingly, a plot relevance. Interestingly, I, I, I ever. think the NPCs that we missed actually uh, specifically okay. relate to story <laughs> with Tree Nuts, I, and that we, you actually lose geez. access to them the moment you kill that boss, and it's like an entire found, hidden chunk of the game. I found your wiggle wiggle cage person, by the way. Like, uh, apparently, yeah, if hop, like apparently, if you hop in that giant's cages, that giant's cage that he's on, got on his back, he takes you to that area below the tree boss fight, and you can join a covenant. <laughs> Okay. Like, there's all this uh, shit going on down there that we've just completely I, skipped, because that's just part of seeing, about the way you can react to that. I don't remember seeing work. that... I don't remember seeing that cage, but, like, I found the guy that you murdered, the, the cage dude with all the legs and whatnot, you know, the, yeah. like, ten people caged. They just babble. They say nothing. You killing him changed nothing about the game. Well, the thing, the thing about the surprised. giant is that the, uh, you know the guys that are the giants with the, uh, the saw blades and cages on their backs that are full of gore. Yeah. Yes. So like there's a uh, when you walk through that area that has the guy with like the like the dragon demon looking armor and stuff like that that's sitting around. There's cliffs yeah, on yeah. both sides, and you can like you can walk up on one cliff and look across to the other cliff and stuff like that. The uh, the far cliff that's harder to get to. That one has the guy who uh, has the open cage that where you can like he won't attack you on sight, and you can actually interact with him and jump in his cage and. You, he takes you to the weird nightmare corrupted area below the boss fight where uh, you can join an entire covenant related to what's going on there. Huh. I'm going to have to try that in my solo playthrough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as I can tell, that entire tree boss fight is the equivalent of uh, the uh, Maiden Estrella or whatever. I think it was Maiden Estrella, the uh, uh-huh. like the innocent character from Dark, from Demon's Souls who, who didn't want to oh. fight back. I she felt was a, so bad about that one. Because she was like in a giant cesspool of aborted fetuses, basically. It was the entire valley yeah. of defilement. It was like this horrible place where all the aborted fetuses would turn undead and would, would like just dwell. And she was trying to like wow. heal this horrible place. And That's really, really yeah. fucked up. Oh, yeah. And when you defeat the tree, and- when you defeat Tree Nuts guy, who is this weird seed of corruption, you see that underneath it, when you get a chance to actually explore that under area that we died in, like there's corpses everywhere 
and like they've huh. been clearly like shipping but they've been like shipping like things in there to corrupt this place and like that's why that thing is this weird horrible demon tree monster and like there's a whole story going on there to, to try to d- uh, delve into over time but like most things about dark souls and and by the very nature of telling uh, descriptions telling you things through item descriptions and so on and so forth dark souls is almost exclusively about telling you the story of things after they're dead yeah yeah i don't know that's exactly what's going on there as far as i can tell i i just would like it to be current or something also Um, really liked my plant i plant apocalypse idea where everything is just like horrible (laughs) nature beasts and whatnot yeah not yeah well i think that we should probably wrap this up with a final thought or two I will say one, a, of the most, okay. one of the most inspiring sites is going back to that boss chamber after it's uh, permanently collapsed <laughs> and just seeing this giant collapsed <laughs> floor and you're like, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to be working on that next. Yeah, so wish me luck. My solo playthrough. Good luck, Wander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this yeah. time I'm not going to target him and I'm... Uh, we also found out after he stands up, there's like a very long downtime where he just like lays on his face. Uh, that hmm. seems like a really good time to just stab the shit Grundle out of whale. Uh, yeah. yeah. Grundle whale. Oh. Well, I mean, okay. more like... did, that, did that idea excite you or what? No, it didn't. It really didn't. <laughs> it just sounded like you were like, Keith, oh, Keith Grundle some, whales. The fight is so Keith unnerving. Has some very yeah. bad memories of Grundle based stimulation and whales. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just, I was throwing a lot of Grundle fireballs during that last attempt we did. <laughs> Yes. I, I, feel spit, I was spitting hot fire. Grundle's on fire. Oh. I, I feel like I will not be able to contribute any more than I did last time, but hopefully Bird mm-hmm. will make up for it. So oh that's good. For context, that's always a good hope. For context, <laughs> we're in the middle of recording a co-op series for Dark Souls 3. <laughs> yeah. And uh, some parts are really easy and some parts are really hard. <laughs> the running around fighting things is really easy for the most part. The bosses... Yeah. Random parts Harder. of the bosses get get yeah. unexpectedly difficult. And to be the more fair... Gi- it's really the more gimmicky a fight is, the more hard yeah. it suddenly gets in co-op. That boss specifically is, like, the worst if you're a mage, because, like, what the fuck do you do? Half my shots don't even hit oh, yeah. him. Something, and he, like, it's moves, and you, it's even body. worse for you. Yeah. It has With a single like, lock-on point for some reason, and you're trying to figure out how to lob fireballs that have an arc <laughs> to specific parts of the body, and like, god damn it, Just man. Just be better at throwing fireballs, dude. And they'll be fine. <laughs> yes, no problem. Just do better at everything. Just like you have to punch the shark in the nose. Why didn't I think it's about totally just doing better at things? Yeah. <laughs> Step one is to stop sucking. Step two is to start being good. <laughs> yep. You can do it, Keith. Yep. We believe in you. All right. Yeah. I think it's time to close this up. Now. That's a good okay. way to close it out, too. This yeah. has been another episode <laughs> of our podcast. And uh, Andrew Look, is now if a If you coma. have a name... If you have a yeah. name idea for us, <laughs> please tell us. Because anime and chat with people for, this, for the last this, half an hour while we talk this about is Dark like, Souls. Yeah. This is like episode <laughs> six, and we still don't have a good name for this podcast. We should probably get one. <laughs> we never okay, need a whatever name. you say. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. Uh, the podcast is the one in the hole. I, there's nothing to talk about with Dark Souls. Like I don't, I don't play the game. I don't know shit about it. I just yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. kind of leave you in the dust there. It. It's that's fine. fine. It whatever. happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't assign Dark Souls for homework the, the way I assigned Zootopia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to play Dark Souls. No. <laughs> I just, I've got so many other things to do with my time. Like all this anime your chat has recommended me to waste my time with. So. 
people can still make right. recommendations to you like those ones that are left <laughs> they're oh yeah bad ones people oh. recommended me to oh, watch terrible anime mm. 